You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. It happened in Toronto and now Halton, York, Durham, Waterloo, Niagara, Peel, Muskoka District, Oxford County and the County of Simcoe are next. The Ontario government announced it will conduct a review of regional governments in a search for ways to cut red tape and inefficiencies. To be fair, there is much more of a process in place this time around as opposed to the way the number of seats on Toronto City Council was cut abruptly. And those of us who remember the Harris years are probably thinking this means amalgamation, but apparently that is not necessarily the case. I do want to hear from you. The number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. But right now, let's go to Municipal Affairs Minister Steve Clark from Leeds, Grenville, Thousand Islands, and Rideau Lakes. Welcome. Thank you so much for being with us. No, thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Okay, that's great. Uh, so what are you reviewing here, and what are you hoping to find? Well, uh, you know, I announced this back uh, at the uh, Association of Municipalities of Ontario conference back in August. I started the conversation in an informal way. You know, our government feels Ontario's regional municipalities were created in the uh, the mid-70s, and after almost 50 years, I think it's time to consider whether changes are needed, where populations have grown, infrastructure pressures have mounted. So yesterday I announced uh, my two special advisors, uh, Michael Fan and Ken Sealing, who will begin to continue that conversation now in a more formal way to talk to uh, interested parties in those 82 municipalities in Ontario's eight regions and also the county of Simcoe to see if we can make uh, this region, uh, these regional municipalities and these communities uh, as effective and efficient as possible. Now, you've said that one of your goals is to make sure that people and businesses have better access to programs and and services. Can, can you give me an example of where you think that is not happening now? Well, I think some of the concerns that have been raised about regional governments, uh, you know, there's a, there's a number of them. I mentioned earlier some of the challenges with paying for infrastructure. In some cases, there might be conflicting uh, regional and local priorities. Some may feel there are too many member municipalities and councillors. But, you know, many, uh, if you talk to some of the mayors, and I know you're having a couple of, uh, on here after I'm, I'm done, you know, there, there, there might be a desire by some that uh, some of the local governments might want greater autonomy. But, uh, you know, I think there are concerns uh, by some who uh, uh, want to talk about representation on regional councils being aligned and better aligned with some of the faster growing municipalities. Uh, you know, I think in the, at the end of the day, we want our regional governments to work harder, smarter and more efficiently. And I think that's the uh, really what I'd like to see from the review. Uh, I mean, uh, it sounds to me what you're saying is that some municipalities might need more councillors, not fewer councillors. Well, no, I think I think uh, what I'm what I'm saying is we're we're having two very experienced uh, advisors appointed. I think most people who uh, who know this municipal sector know the names of uh, Michael Fennin and Sealing. I've had a very very positive response since uh, we appointed them yesterday afternoon. And I, and I think, you know, people shouldn't, uh, you know, people should realize that, uh, you know, I'm looking at this with a lens of, of trying to improve governance. Uh, 
uh, decision-making and service delivery in those 82 upper and lower municipalities. That's going to be the focus that uh, I want the two advisors to uh, really do a deep dive on. Uh, right. But again, is there an example of a kind of service or program that is more difficult to access than it should yeah, be? No, I, I, think, I think, again, I, I'm not going to impose an outcome on uh, my advisors. I've been pretty clear uh, with the mayors that I've had the opportunity to speak to uh, and some of the other interested parties. Uh, you know, I want this to be a, a consultation process. I, uh, you know, I, I use the AMO. Uh, last August as an opportunity to speak very informally with uh, people that are affected, realizing that there was a municipal election on October 22nd. Uh, these councils, these new councils had to get sworn in on December 1st. My colleagues, Vic Fidelli and Caroline Mulrooney, uh, wanted councils to turn their mind on retail cannabis by January 22nd. So I think it was appropriate yesterday to start the next phase of my consultation by having my two advisors appointed. Okay. Uh, you were speaking about the October 22nd election. Uh, have you learned any lessons or drawn any conclusions from the results of that election? You know, I, I look forward to working with uh, all of Ontario's uh, 444 mayors and, and councils. I, uh, you know, having come from the municipal sector, I was a, a three-term mayor back uh, when I was 22. I also served uh, briefly prior to my election as MPP, as a chief administrative officer. So I think I know a little bit about uh, the municipal sector, and I, I've worked very closely with many of these uh, uh, municipal councillors and local mayors. And you know, I want to I make sure that they have the opportunity, as well as interested organizations in their communities and also citizens, to give me their view and their ideas through my advisors um, moving forward into the summer of 2019. Okay. Um in terms of, uh, you know, I've, I've spoken to uh, the mayor of Toronto and some councillors, and uh, they're really saying that the jury is out on how the smaller council is working. Um, do you have a timeline when you would expect to see some kind of results? Well, you know, I, I, I hope that uh, my advisors will, uh, will use the opportunity to speak to uh, as many people as were able to. Again, I, I started the consultations myself uh, last August. Uh, I hope that uh, we'll f- have the recommendations and findings from my advisors in early summer, and then we'll have to decide as a government how to move forward. The next uh, municipal election, as everyone knows, is uh, 2022. So, uh, But I want to give my advisors the opportunity uh, this spring to be able to go out and have those, uh, those formal and informal conversations that will result in recommendations that, again, I hope will improve governance, decision-making, and service delivery. Those are the key uh, key parameters for the study. Uh, so just uh, taking a look backwards, under the Harris government, we had amalgamation. And, uh, you know, uh, the, it was a controversial thing then. And uh, it probably had some very positive results, but uh, I don't think saving money was one of them. When you look back at that, do you see it as a model, or what do you think came out of that? Yeah, that's not the focus of this review. I, I you know, I, I think I've been pretty clear that that's uh, that's not the direction. I think the direction uh, in the mid '90s versus the direction I'm using 
for the regional government review are, are very, very different things. I really want to have an opportunity to, uh, to have consultation. Uh, that's why it's, uh, I've, I've taken the time that I have to, uh, to really put forward uh, the opportunity to have very experienced uh, special advisors uh, be in a position to, to lead this. Uh, I'm not uh, directing a, a preconceived outcome. I really want to make sure that if a mayor and a council and a community uh, has some ideas on how to make uh, our government work better, to support future economic prosperity for their residents and businesses, then I want to give them the tools to be able to do that. So improving the way regional government works uh, will make better use of taxpayers' dollars. And I think, quite frankly, it will allow residents and businesses to access local services better. Uh, so in, in that case, I'm, I'm a bit curious. Uh, how come it happened in such a different way in Toronto, if uh, if you're so uh, big on consultation, well, we have, well, well, as I said back then in the in, in the summer when after our government was elected, there was a sense of urgency um, in, in making sure that Toronto Council had a streamlined council that was effective and efficient. And and you know, I've talked to the mayor and I've talked to a number of councillors. I, I as minister, I have a, a vested interest. There's, I want to make sure that uh, I work as closely with that council as possible to make sure. It's successful. I want to build transit, uh, housing uh, in, in, in the city. But at the same time, I announced that I would take a different process with uh, these eight regions. And, I, and I've added Simcoe County because they do have regional pressures. They, they are having and experiencing those pressures like our regional government. So no, I was very clear at the time how I was going to move forward with the study. I don't think too many people are, are surprised be uh, based on what I said at the time that I would announce at some point a more formal uh, process. These two advisors will lead that more formal process. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, I, I think I was very clear. And what about Ottawa? Um, you know, again, um, uh, the only municipalities that are involved in this uh, review are the 82 that I mentioned. Uh, none of the other 444 municipalities are being reviewed under this advisor. And uh, is that, um, is there, what's the reason behind that? Well, my priority, quite frankly, was uh, because uh, I believe very strongly that uh, things have changed over the last almost 50 years in regional governments. It's, uh, we're not looking at the, the, the same uh, pressures that uh, uh, they faced in the 1970s. Uh, I think hard-earned taxpayers' dollars are, are being stretched. There has been significant population growth in those areas, and uh, again, I made it very clear back in, in, in August at that AMO conference when we started this process that it would be confined solely to those eight regions. And again, I added Simcoe County for some very specific reasons. Okay. Uh, Municipal Affairs Minister Steve Clark, thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, no problem. Thank you very much for having me. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, uh, we are going to take a quick break now, and when we come back, we'll be talking to some of those mayors, starting with Patrick Brown, right after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. 
Welcome back. We are talking about the review that's going to be underway for 82 municipalities. We've just heard from the Municipal Affairs Minister. He's leaving it all to his advisors. He doesn't want to prejudge any consultations. Wow, that is so different from the way Toronto was treated in this. He didn't have much of an answer to that. I'd like to hear from you folks. uh, If uh, you have any opinions, do you have too much government? Government? Are there services or programs that you find hard to access now? Can you think of a better way of doing things? Or do you think this is just uh, the, the province, you know, putting putting its nose in where maybe it shouldn't? Uh, the numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And right now we go to Patrick Brown, Mayor of Brampton. Hi, Patrick. It's always great to be on your show. Well, thank you. Uh, we always enjoy having you on our show. So uh, I, I'm, I'm going to deal with the controversial thing right off the top. And, of course, uh, lots of wagging tongues on this. And they're saying, well, you know, because Doug Ford doesn't like you, the, the real, the real uh, um, underlying reason for this or part of it, he wants, wants to get rid of a separate municipality from Brampton, so you'll be out of a job. Um, what do you think of, what do you tell people who are saying that? Well, I... This is a review of 82 municipalities of the regional governments. I don't think you'd make a province-wide change simply because uh, um, I don't uh, get along with uh, with Doug Ford. Obviously, we have philosophical differences in what we believe is uh, um, appropriate for conservatism. Uh, but uh, the way the Minister of Municipal Affairs has uh, presented this is very different uh, uh, he has said he's not going to impose any solutions. I know some of the media have been talking about amalgamations, but that's really not what um, this uh, review is about. They said they want to review regional governance. Uh, uh, and actually, you know, Steve Clark, who I've worked with, I've served with, uh, um, has sounded very reasonable and pragmatic. And um, it sounds like they've learned their lesson uh, from what happened in Toronto over the summer. Uh, I think. It, when it's the premier's office's way or the highway, if there's a unilateral approach, usually um, that uh, isn't isn't successful. The fact they now want to work with stakeholders, they want to work with municipalities, they want to look for efficiencies together, um, sounds like a much more prudent approach. Uh, I, I mean, I'm kind of thinking that the way it happened with Toronto was uh, that was Doug Ford's idea, and uh, now um, Steve Clark is getting to do it his way. Yeah, I, I think obviously there was uh, criticism uh, for how it was handled in 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 Toronto, and I, I think that criticism obviously uh, there was merit in, in some of the concerns. Uh, the fact it happened in the middle of the election campaign, um, it seemed very personal. I think the way they're uh, undertaking it now is very different. Um, the fact that they've given the heads up to all the regional chairs, like our regional chair in Peel is uh, Nando Yanika, and he got a phone call in advance. He let the local mayors know that uh, uh, the Steve Clark had uh, given the heads up that uh, the province was going this direction. Um, and we do have real grievances, real concerns with some of the operations of the region. I know in Brampton we don't have representation by population. Brampton, Brampton's growth has been astronomical, where growth in Caledon and Mississauga hasn't been. And uh, um, it's resulted in Brampton being severely underrepresented on the region. So that's something that we'd like to see uh, reconciled uh, if there continues to be a region. And so I think having this conversation is a healthy one. 
And the fact that Steve Clark uh, has said um, that there'll be no decision imposed, the fact that, that he's picked two very well-respected individuals with a long career in municipal governance to be his advisors on this is an encouraging signal. And um, yeah, so at, at, at this point, we're welcoming the review. Um, there's no uh, uh, worry that uh, you know personal agendas are, are, are afoot. We're taking this uh, with uh, as a with, with good faith. Uh, you know, it's no secret that Bonnie Crombie and Mississauga chafes under regional government. Uh, and you've alluded to the fact that you don't think you're well represented there. But do, do you think you'd be better off without regional government, uh, uh, giving you kind of a more senior, uh, a, a more senior role? Yeah, so I, I don't think, um, I think it'd be premature to make that uh, um that uh, conclusion, uh, but I, I'm glad we're taking a look at it. Uh, no, obviously, I, if there's any duplication of services, I want those to be eliminated. Uh, right now, I do think there are advantages that we pool our resources to have uh, a regional police. We have the Peel Police uh, in Brampton and, and Mississauga. Uh, we have pooled waste management. You know, Peel Region does our our waste management, and so. If we were to get rid of the region, would that mean we have our own police forces? Would that mean we have our own uh, waste uh, management? Would that mean you have two chiefs of police, two waste management uh, uh, departments? Uh, um, that may create um, additional duplication. And so uh, I'm hoping that uh, the respected individuals who are undertaking this review will, will take a hard look at the numbers and um, and provide some advice. I would add one thing, though, and Libby, I appreciate they're looking at regional governance, but I have to say, and this was all the news uh, yesterday. Um, sometimes I think it's a bit of a distraction from the bigger issues. I have chaos right now on the GO trains. They canceled the the commuter uh, GO train that goes to Etobicoke, Mississauga, uh, Brampton, uh, Acton, all the way to uh, Kitchener. They canceled the express train. We've got overcrowded uh, uh, GO trains. You've got commuter chaos. I've got overcrowding in the hospital. We've got the busiest emerge in Canada. Um, we had the Ryerson University cancelled. There was universities cancelled across the province, not just in Brampton, but Milton, Markham, the Franco University. Um, we, we have, we've got some big issues, and so whether it's hallway medicine, whether it's gridlock, um, I hope that uh, this uh, uh, time spent on regional governance review doesn't uh, take us away from uh, the real concerns that residents have. You know, my residents, if this is about for the people, my residents are particularly, they're less concerned about regional governance review, they're more concerned about hallway medicine, gridlock, uh, and and I hope that the province can, can put some energy towards that. I, I know they're six months in, in, into their mandate, uh, but hallway medicine is getting worse. And uh, Patrick, let me just follow up with that. Uh, they announced some measures uh, a couple of months ago uh, with a great big headline, the end of hallway medicine. So have has have the measures that they announced made any difference at all, alleviated there, things a little there, bit? There hasn't been an additional dollar made available for, for Brampton uh, so on, on hallway medicine. And so there was an announcement, but we haven't had an additional dollar flow our way. And, and not, so the, situ the situation is the same, and I guess we're well, in the height of flu it, season. It's actually getting worse because we have a growing population, so we have more users. So um, it's, uh, it's, it's getting worse. Hallway medicine is getting worse. 
Okay. Um, and you would rather the focus be on that. And uh, frankly, uh, I'm uh, looking looking at the way the phone lines usually fill up here as opposed to today. I'm thinking that uh, I, I think you're right that uh, maybe your residents are more concerned about other things. I, frankly, a lot of people don't even know what the, the whole regional governance model is. But you talk to people about about how crowded the emerges and they're livid. You talk to people about the chaos on the GO trains right now with almost being a safety issue that uh, it's so overcrowded. They're livid. You talk about the fact that we need good-paying jobs. We, you know, Right now we've lost auto jobs. Uh, we've lost some key jobs. We want to increase employment. I think right now they want to see all governments work on solutions for economic development, for ending hallway medicine, for ending gridlock. Uh, it's a parking lot coming in, in, into Toronto. And the fact that you know, the, the gridlock's horrible on the road, and now it's, now, it's, now it's a chaos. Now it's a mess on the GO trains. So uh, if you take the GO train or you take the roads, either way, it, it's, it's ugly. Um, I, I know it's out of your purview, but do you have a view on uploading the TTC? Will that make things worse, better, not affect you? Well, actually, um, that won't really affect um, the city of Brampton, uh, but that aspect of the provincial um, platform I actually uh, wrote, it was in the People's Guarantee. And the reason that I included that in the People's Guarantee, that that's, that's where this comes from, um, when I was the provincial opposition leader, was because I believed that we could have greater capital expansions of, of, of the TTC. The province can carry a larger debt load when it comes to capital expansions uh, of the TTC. The commitment that we put forward at the time was that the City of Toronto, the TTC, would, would retain all independence over the running of the TTC, but the province would help facilitate expansion so we could have additional funds. It was about $5 billion at the time, additional funds made available to subway expansion. Okay. Anything you want to leave us with, Patrick? Just that I would really encourage uh, um, everyone to pay more attention to what's happening on the GO trains right now. It is a mess. Uh, and I know I got a little bit of attention last week, uh, but we can't have modern transit turning into chaos. And the GO trains on the Kitchener line, which goes through Etobicoke, Mississauga, Brampton, all the way to Kitchener, it is a mess right now. And, and whose fault is minutes. it? Well, it's, it's run by the province. The transport yeah. minister has responded that he's looking into it. And he hopes to correct it. We're a week after the original videos went viral, uh, and it hasn't been rectified yet. We're really hoping that the province rectifies this. Um, I know Jeff Yurick is working with Metrolinx on this, but we can't treat commuters in, in, uh, in Toronto and the, and the GTA West Corridor like cattle. They, and that's how they're being treated right now. They're being treated like cattle, and there are safety concerns with how overcrowded the GO trains are. Okay, well, uh, we will definitely follow up on that one. Patrick Brown, Mayor of Brampton, thanks so much for being with us. My pleasure. Okay. All right, uh, let's take a call from Brian in Stouffville. Hi, Brian. Hi. I, wa- I got a question for Mayor Scapetti. Okay, he's going to be on in a, in a few minutes. I have to check the time for him, but uh, yeah, not it won't be long, so uh, fire away. Okay. Uh, the question I have, uh, our regional council uh, in our area is very closed. It's possibly the most closed council I've ever encountered. What do you mean closed? Closed, like when they had the, uh, the appointment of the regional chair, uh, residents had some concerns about the current candidate, who is the regional chair, and we wanted to, we wrote letters expressing our concerns and wanted to get them to the council members, and when we sent our letters in, they said they wouldn't accept them, and they handed all our letters back. Hmm. And then we asked if we could appear to speak to the appointment, and they said no. 
Our concern is that there was three candidates. Two candidates had excellent qualifications. They had university educations. The third candidate, who was our former mayor, he only worked in a lumberyard. And all his term in office here, he never made any attempt to improve himself. And all of a sudden, we were all happy when there was two candidates. And all of a sudden, regional chair said, no, we don't want the two candidates who are well qualified. And they put our, our mayor in who has no qualifications, he has no formal education at all, he wasn't a very good politician, and yet they turned aside two excellent candidates with university backgrounds, corporate experience, and also excellent political backgrounds. But when residents wanted to speak to the appointment, they just turned us down. Okay, well, you know what? We've got... And the other thing is, our regional chair gets $270,000 a year. He's earning more than the premier of the province the mayor of the city of Toronto, and and a whole lot of other people. It doesn't warrant that kind of money. Okay, Brian, uh, I'm going to keep you on the line, but um, first of all, I'd like to say hi to Kim Wright, who we will bring in shortly, but we have Mayor Scarpitti on the line right now, so uh, perhaps he we can start by asking him to answer your question. Mayor Scarpitti, thanks so much for being with us. Great to have uh, great to have the opportunity to be on. Okay, uh, did did you hear Brian's question? No, I apologize. I, uh, I actually called in for the interview, and I guess a couple minutes early, but happy to address whatever the question was. Okay, so it was a long question, so I'm going to paraphrase. Uh, sure. He's not happy with the way uh, the regional chair was chosen. He said that residents had concerns, their letters weren't accepted, the other candidates were more qualified, and the guy makes too much money. Hmm. Well, um, and I don't know. I, I don't know where Brian lives. I, it's Stoville. Stoville. He lives in in Richard Stoville. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'll just say this, um, and I, I think this is why it's important to uh, undertake some of the consultation uh, that was announced uh, yesterday by by the provincial government. I don't want to go over too much history, uh, but when it comes to this whole notion of an elected chair and an appointed chair. Look, I'm the first one to admit, I think we all are, the no, no system is, is ever perfect. Uh, but to take you back a little bit in time, when this, when this issue came up at Regional Council and, and we were asked to vote on whether or not to ask the province of Ontario, this was with the former provincial government, as to whether or not uh, we wanted an elected, uh, elected chair, um, uh, that that motion was defeated by regional council, and, and so the people that serve, that represent each of the municipalities, some of them had been here for many years, others more more recently, uh, decided uh, not to ask and not to make that that request. And I and and I want to deal with a fundamental issue here. And uh, over the next little while, you're going to start seeing some tweets uh, from me to to let the people know in the communities what is it that they're paying for off their property tax bill when they see the 50% of their tax bill going to the region of York for residential. Uh, I want them to know what they're paying for, and I want them to know that they have representatives sitting around that table. So when we talk about York Region, we're not talking about some uh, third-party entity. Uh, We're talking about uh, an entity that belongs to all the taxpayers of York Region, and they have representation sitting around that table. So if there's an issue with a level of service, if there's an issue with a particular 
uh, policy, if there's an issue related to uh, financial impact to, uh, to taxpayers, it's the people that sit around that table that make those decisions. And in Markham, uh, for example, you're represented by me and by, by four other uh, regional councillors. That's who sits around the regional council table. And it's a little different. The governance structure is a little different at the region. At our local municipalities, you have a mayor who is elected uh, through the whole city. Then uh, you have, obviously, your regional councillors and councillors. Uh, and it's, it's that city type of, of, of governance structure that most municipalities are used to. When you come here to the region, now you have elected mayors that represent not just one ward. They represent a community. And I think the, it becomes a, a challenge uh, when you have an elected chair, perhaps, and then mayors from those municipalities of the, the types of issues and priorities that, that uh, those mayors would see for their communities versus uh, an, an elected chair. But at the end of the day, the people of the region have representatives sitting around this table. And the other notion, too, if we were going to an elected uh, chair model, uh, at the end of the day, as it does for all councils, it, it takes the majority of that council to approve anything. And so we'd be embarking on this uh, region-wide election that uh, you know uh, would be very expensive to run. And at the end of the day, whoever the elected chair is, would, uh, without any changes to governance, would have to deal with uh, always having to get uh, the majority of regional councils. So you're almost back to the same system that people said wasn't working for them. I'm not sure about the reference of letters that weren't accepted. I, I can't speak to that. I don't know who they were sent to. Um, I don't know about uh, other other candidates that may have been uh, considering wanting uh, to be appointed, but I can just speak to this whole issue of elected chair okay. and, and what was uh, what happened in recent history. Okay, okay. Uh, I'd like to uh, just bring in Kim Wright. Hi, Kim. Kim, are you there? I am here. Hi. Thanks uh, for having me. Uh, you're very welcome. So uh, some of this is a, a little bit uh, inside baseball, but uh, uh, there are some on the one hand saying maybe we don't need all this uh extra layer of government. Maybe we don't need uh, a, a regional chair making $270,000 a year. Uh, but uh, Patrick Brown was also saying, well, there are some shared services that would be a problem to duplicate, like police, waste management. Um, what's your take on this whole process? Do you think that we're going to see uh, the end or the beginning of the end of regional government? So I think what we need to have a look at is what are those regional services? What is what is the role of regional government, whether it's on housing, uh, community services, transit, those very expensive programs uh, that require uh, services across a large geographic area uh, so that you're not uh, seeing you know, in Wichertsville, one set of uh, service agreements, and in and in Newmarket, a different set uh, for for the York Region listeners. Uh, it can work. Uh, there are certainly some things that should be shared amongst a larger population, just for the the, the cost benefits. Uh, what I am particularly encouraged by is that the government is taking its time, doing the consultation. Uh, really engaging with stakeholders. We'll see how this all shakes out at the end. Uh, but they did announce this in July. They are taking their time with this. 
this wasn't an announcement. Well, the timing of yesterday's announcement may have been a bit uh, shocking to some, but it, this was a program that was announced in July. So what I'm looking forward to is not only a regional government review, but a review of the overall of what we call in the inside baseball of who does what and who does what next. So that's the who's responsible for what service deliveries, uh, where can they be best served, uh, and how do we make sure that we're getting the best quality transit and housing uh, that we possibly can. And uh, Mayor Scarpitti, I, I know you don't want to prejudge the process, but uh, what are you, do you have anything specific that you're hoping for or uh, in a general way? Well, uh, first and foremost, I agree with Kim. Uh, this was no surprise to us uh, yesterday. Um, it it uh, was something that was rumored during the election campaign, verified uh, <laughs> shortly after this government got elected. They moved very quickly with, uh, with the city of Toronto and indicated uh, within a matter of a few weeks that there would be broader, broader, uh, broader process put in place for, for other jurisdictions in Ontario. So yesterday's announcement comes as no surprise. I too am encouraged by by uh, the same comments Kim just made that there will be uh, consultation. I, I guess I, I have to look and, and look at uh, these things can't drag on for years because uh, you know you almost lose sight of why you started the process in the first place. Uh, as much as I think the two advisors have a, have a great history in municipal government, I, I really wonder how they can tackle all of this and and. Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I haven't read the details yet, but uh, it seems like a very short timeline to come to a final conclusion. You know, I think all of us need to be asking ourselves, is there a better way to do things than we currently do it? And, and Markham, I'm very proud of the fact that we've had uh, the lowest tax increases for uh, the last decade. Uh, we've worked very effectively to reduce our own costs. Is there more savings to be had? Um, just like you know, private industry can look to shared services. Uh, certainly, Kim mentioned the bigger ones, but even back office ones like IT and phone systems and, you know, uh, local governments within the region working together, uh, trying to find uh, greater uh, savings for the taxpayer than, than we have already found. And I, and I point to uh, people in York Region, certainly in Peel as well with Mississauga and over in uh, Hamilton, St. Catharines uh, area and in Brampton, uh, they'll know that we just consolidated our uh, electrical distribution companies known as PowerStream and, and uh, Enersource um, in, in, in York and Peel. And, uh, you know, over the, the, the 10 years, the projection is that we're going to save over $300 million in the 10 years because we've consolidated those organizations. So the, that savings is, is there. Uh, that's just on the, on the operating side. And then there's an additional $110 million potentially uh, savings on, on the capital side. So uh, no surprise. I think it's good that we're, we're going to be um, collectively looking at, at opportunities and maybe maybe the provincial government may have to force municipalities to uh, do things like uh, work together on, on back office systems so uh, we can reduce some of that duplication. I just wonder the amount of time that's actually been given to this process, whether it's enough, not that you can take forever, because I'd say then it's a useless exercise if uh, we take too long as well. Okay, Markham Mayor Scarpitti, thank you very much for being with us. Thank you. And uh, Kim, what would you like to leave us with on this? 
one of the things when you're looking at any government review is ensuring that you're providing quality services, but then also you're ensuring that local voices continue to be heard and respected. Uh, I come from a community that was uh, amalgamated in the uh, late 1990s, early 2000s of Chatham-Kent, which had a a lot of smaller uh, municipalities and over a large geographic area. And it really is making sure that services are delivered, especially those expensive infrastructure services like water and sewer and wastewater, not the glamorous stuff, of course, uh, but that there is enough room to ensure that local democracy, local decisions, and local voices are heard, then I think taking uh, the, the Ontario government needs to really consider this as they look forward. This is going to be a review of not only the geographic makeup of, of governments, but also their governance structures, uh, which is always healthy to review those uh, every every once in a while to see where we're, where we're at, where we can bring in new best practices. So uh, the proof will be in the pudding on the actual uh, consultations and what comes out of it, uh, but it, that they're taking a bit of time to try to get this right uh, is is encouraging for steps, certainly uh, more than what we saw with the uh, City of Toronto. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Kim Wright, uh, VP at HK Strategies, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me, Libby. Okay. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. 